Um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode or the first episode of 2022, Down for the Count. Um, my name's Nicole, and then with me, I have Tiff, Alexis, and Janae. So say hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Crack a laughing hose. Oh, Jesus. Time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, happy new year. We're back. Yeah. Um first things first. We are um this is a new year. We're going to start this thing off right, okay? Recently on our Twitter, we tweeted out something that wasn't supposed to be there. And we're grown women and we can make apologies and amends when we make a mistake. The mistake was made, but it was also corrected, and we take accountability for that. So from now on, everything that we post, we'll make sure we check the sources and we wield it, make sure it's vetted first, and then we'll make sure it's posted properly. But on behalf of Down for the Count, we apologize for the tweet and the misinformation and confusion. But from here on out, understand that our mistake does not equate to anybody else in this situation being right, except for Big Swole. Let's make that very clear, okay? That also doesn't absolve Tony of his responsibility and his own accountability. We're just going to make that clear, okay? Now, Tony Khan, Big Swole, and AEW as a whole have been in the hot seat this past week, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, in the last couple of weeks. Big Swole had her podcast. It was on um, Call In, and Call In is an app specifically on the Apple Store for you to create podcasts with, similar to Anchor, the app that we use. But Anchor is more broad and mainstream, whereas Call In <laughs> is for the Apple Store. At least that's what I've seen. She had her podcast where she entitled it Old Business, I believe, and she was talking about her time in AEW. For the most part, she was had nothing but glowing things to say about AEW. She talked about Tony Khan and how he was such a, a big, just a big friend to them. He also enjoyed their work. He praised them took them out multiple times to eat after most events. He was very kind to them. She said that she just regarded him as a friend and as a really cool person. And she had nothing but good things to say about him and Megan. When it got to the part where she started to speak about the women's division as a whole and the issues that she had, and of course, when she got to the conversation of diversity, That's where people really took it and ran with it. Now, the only article that I saw at the time of Swole's podcast release that covered this was Fightful. And it was out for a while. We're talking at least three or four days that this Fightful article was up about Big Swole's podcast. There were no other publications that posted anything about it until the fans picked up on it and it started to garner some heat that's when wrestling inc wrestling observer and the rest of the merry band of idiots climbed onto it and took it and ran with it 
they only posted the sound bites that made sense to them, that would cause the most controversy. They didn't listen to the podcast in its entirety. Regardless, Swole said what she said. Now, what Fightful did was they posted about her issue with the women's division and her issue with AEW in terms of diversity. They took snippets, but when you listen to what she said as a whole, it made sense. I encourage you, if you're listening to our podcast, to go back and listen to hers first. So you understand what we're talking about. And you're not just going off of pieces of information, you have the whole picture. And then you can head over to Twitter and read what Tony Khan said. Tony Khan's response was to the Fightful article. I don't believe he listened to her podcast, which is an error on his part, among other things. He did respond and essentially he said they let her go because she just wasn't good enough. The one thing that was also so insulting about that because he was able to talk about ratings, insult Big Swole and promote and then promote Rampage all in one tweet. That is the most insane part because how well she thinks she is. Because we'll digress this more. Oof. Okay. So let me make sure we don't do no misappropriation up in here. All right. The top two AW execs are Brown, Nee, and Mega. Jay Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, and Marquette all won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AW Rampage Street Fight tonight. That's what he said. Verbatim. Uh, well, that's funny. Because, like, wasn't it a, a year ago or so? He was saying she was the best women's wrestler out there and he was happy that she was there. Apparently, he says a lot of things. Yeah. Now, <laughs> everybody was was zeroing in on the diversity. And that's where people seem to be missing the point. Everybody that retweeted and said something, including Will Haas, Tay Conti, um, Britt Baker retweeted it, and then she deleted the retweet or whatever, a lot of people that work for AEW, of course, had cons back, but they made it appear, Tony Khan made it appear as if Swole was attacking him and the company as a whole. When she was making an observation from her time there and giving out some constructive criticism to the company as a whole. And not only did she address AEW, she addressed WWE too, which I find that most people seem to be losing in this conversation. More importantly, her diversity conversation was to AEW as a whole, but it was also directed at the women's division too. Diversity doesn't always equal race. And I need people to understand that. That could mean women, gender diversity, LGBTQIA people that they have working there that are not being seen. Those all in lump in together. We're not just talking about race. 
So you have to be careful and really understand the context of the conversation before you just jump to respond and argue and fight. You have to think and then comprehend. And that's where a lot of people are making their mistake. Now, before all y'all get to jumping on us, I'm gonna let Nicole and them speak because I've talked about this a lot and I only chime in when necessary. I'm a black woman and I'm just gonna keep it 100. I don't like when black women come out and say something that affects them and everybody attacks them and they have no support. In Swole's defense, the only person that worked for that company that actually had her back was Leo Rush. He was the only one, the only one who actually came out and said, I am with this, you need to apologize. Because Tony Khan was wrong. There's, there's no other way to put it. He wasn't wrong if he was hurt. If he was hurt by what she said, that's his own personal feelings. But he chose to make it public and take it to the internet. Swole was having a conversation. She was talking on the podcast about her time, her experience in the company. She has a right to do so. And every time it's somebody that's African-American or usually a woman or both, y'all always find a way to tear them down and say they weren't good enough. Or, oh, she just mad because she ain't champion. Well, nobody wanted to see you anyway. It ain't right. Now, if fucking Maria can say that she had the biggest issue with WWE and put out fake theses and shit and pop off every time some shit goes down and everybody's sucking on her titties like a little baby, then Swole should be able to come out and say whatever fuck she wants to say. Thank you. She should be able to speak her mind. And I said the same thing about Taya Valkyrie when she did it. It ain't right. And I'm not going to sit here and watch y'all tear her apart because it goes deeper than just her being a woman telling her truth. Because every time it's somebody Black, and especially a Black woman, y'all always go to calling us hard R. We get called all types of Black bitches. And I ain't with that shit. To I, don't like it. I don't like it and you disrespectful that woman began to say all types of shit for the last two weeks all because she said how she felt had you had done your due diligence and listened to the podcast you wouldn't even be mad but y'all so focused on defending this company and this man that you can't even see that what she said is perfectly correct because what you call diversity is some bullshit I'm not going to take no handouts from you because I don't have to. And that's all she's saying. Don't pander to diversity. Don't dangle the carrot in front of us like this. Make it so it's fair. That's all. And y'all can't handle that. Y'all got to get all in your feelings and piss all over yourself and start crying because somebody's critiquing your company. But heaven forbid, if somebody should say something about WWE, oh, it's time to bring the dogs out. We got the attack because of Big Bad WWE. Everybody deserves a critique. I can say WWE is a piece of shit sometimes because they are, as is AEW. None of these motherfuckers are perfect. Nobody. 
But here's, here's, I don't the, like thing. here's the thing they also tend to forget, Tiff. They don't pay your bills. They don't pay your mortgage. They don't care if you don't have food in your fridge. Don't ride or die for somebody if they don't even know your fucking existence. You could be, you could protect Tony Khan, Tony Khan all you want to. I don't give a shit. But you're not finna insult no black woman in my face the way that she's been insulted. That's not happening. I ain't going for that shit. And y'all can say y'all making it about race. Yeah, I did. What you gonna do about it? Because it is. Because I didn't see y'all call Tyre Valkyrie no white bitches. I didn't see y'all tell Maria she was a lying ass white bitch or calling her any any type of racial slurs. Y'all ain't calling her no damn cracker. Y'all ain't calling her no milkmaid. Y'all ain't calling her none of that shit. But the first thing out y'all motherfuckers' mouth is to go to calling her the N-word and telling her she needs to take her black ass on it. Why is you saying anything? We don't even care about you. Then you want to post two boxes from two of her dark matches, which, let's keep it real, if you can only find two clips out of the two years that that woman has been wrestling there, of her having a botch, and it's on dark at that, you had to work for it. Which tells me that she is what people claim her to be. But you rather sit up and watch mediocrity on TV because it's painted real pretty. You all, y'all out here tripping. And I just had it with this whole wrestling community. I've had it. Y'all don't want it to be about race, but you know that it's about race. And you ignoring the shit on purpose. And you trying to make it look pretty and paint it up because they got two brown people at the helm of the damn company. But at the same time, they keep hiring white boys from the WWE to come in and eat up the time that the originals of AEW already try to have to fight for. Not to mention the women who are cut to thirds of the time that the men get. So let's just keep it real. Y'all trying to play us. When you know damn well what she's saying is the damn truth. Not done. Y'all can have it. So, um, I know a lot of people are going to say that I don't really have a lot of room to talk about it, but, um, I just think it's real funny that y'all will ride or die for your favorites. And as soon as somebody says anything negative, which it wasn't negative, it was just creative or, uh, criticism. Which, guess what? Everyone's allowed to get criticism or they can critique stuff. Now, Big Swole, she did it a lot more classier than I would have. And, you know, she was being, to, I, listened to, I listened to the podcast. She was being, you know, very mature. She handled herself with a lot of grace. Like, you could tell there's times that she wanted to, like, get more into stuff. She's, like, trying to calm herself down because you could hear her in her voice. And it is the audacity of this so-called owner that he is acting like a child. 
my child doesn't even act like this. When someone says something to her that hurts her feelings, she ignores them. She does not give them the time of day. A seven-year-old knows that, but this grown-ass man listens to it, or even if he did listen to it, you know somebody probably told him like, oh, you know, she she's coming for you, blah, blah, blah. To put it so passive-aggressively is disgusting. And the fact that that tweet is still up there. And when I went back and checked it, what was it, last night, early this morning, there are people telling him he needs to take this down. If he had any kind, I saw one say, basically, if you had any kind of manhood and understood the shitstorm that you started by doing this, you would take this down. Because it didn't really seem people got all upset about it until Tony put out that tweet. Now, I know I'm a white woman and I'll never face the same issues that Janae or Tiff or Nicole go through. But on the whole diversity thing, please explain to me why you have great athletes back there. You have a great women's division with a lot of talent. But we're only seeing Joshi wrestlers, which no offense to the Joshi wrestlers, but a lot of people, unless they've been watching New Japan, they don't care about the Joshi wrestlers. Or you're giving us Tay Conti and Allie, and the last time I checked, they're whiter than me. And I know Tay is Brazilian, but she's my shade white. And you guys are all quick to defend her when some bullshit goes on with her and hyping up the man that she cheated with. But when it comes to Big Swole, y'all are sending her death threats. Y'all are calling her the N-word. And you're saying she can't wrestle and that she's just doing this. And she's just mad because Tony Khan wouldn't make her champ. And because of, I saw this one, because of her Crohn's disease, she would never make it in AEW. This woman has Crohn's disease, but she was champion and other companies out there during a pandemic defending her titles. Your company came out of the gate going, we are going to focus on our diversity. We are going to focus on our women's division. It has almost been three years to the day and you have done absolutely jack shit with it. And the fact that people are deleting and retweeting or tweeted and deleted Tony Khan's tweet and that company really makes me side eye a lot of them because a lot of them, I don't even know if they realized what they were doing or if they actually did it and people call them out on their shit. But then now you also got people coming out here licking Tony Khan's boots and I don't really appreciate that. But Maria, like Tiff said, Maria can come out. and talk about how bad she gets back you guys are like oh yeah she's a hood rat she's this they call bianca slurs you call her that they come after any woman that does not look like me or portrayed in a certain way that's sexualized to the man's favor or to the women's favor all of a sudden they're hood rats they're uh 
their ghetto, their ratchet. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? What? What the fuck is wrong with y'all? And then, I mean, you have Sonny Kiss, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And y'all ain't doing shit with him. And that's the that, that's who we want to see. And then every time Nyla Rose gets called a horrible transphobic name, and I know Nyla's a big girl, she can take care of herself and she can handle her own. But wouldn't it have been nice if her company came out with a response or said something to her and not just use her and Sonny as promotional things during Pride Month? And hell, even then you don't fucking see them. Y'all are so quick to jump to defend this company. And I know Vince is Satan. If he's not Satan, he's one of Satan's boys. But you can tell me there is no goddamn way Vince McMahon would ever, ever in a million years go on Twitter and tweet something like that. I'm, I'm not saying the man has, doesn't have, you know, inte- like integrity or whatever. I don't know behind closed scenes, but you know, for a fact, if Vince did that, people would be coming for him left, right, up, down, and sideways. I'm so sick of this thing where Big Swole can't say anything. We can't say anything. People with different opinions can't say anything because y'all take it as an attack. And we are not attacking. We're trying to explain it. Now, if Big Swole came out and she was yelling and screaming and cussing and swearing, okay. But she came out and she didn't even talk shit about it. This grown-ass man who doesn't have thick skin at all. And he still has not apologized to her. And I'm just going to end it with this. When this company fails, and it is going to fail, you're gonna or you're gonna have a mass exodus of people, one of the two. He's gonna have no one else to blame but himself. But Tony Khan is that kind of person. Well, he'll blame it on everybody else, and all the little blind faith followers he has will believe him. Y'all need to get your shit together. Because this is the year that we are not putting up with this crap. I am so disgusted with the IWC right now. Y'all are, y'all need Jesus. Y'all need Odin, Hades. Y'all need fucking somebody. I don't know who the fuck you need. You need a fucking shower. That's the problem. Maybe that'll help you clean your fucking brain out too. And that's all I really got to say on it. Oh, damn. Nicole? I feel like I've talked about this so much, especially in the past, I want to say, two days specifically. Well, hold up. We need to give you your flowers because you were the one that said Swole was going to be one of the first people at AEW to leave. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and again, so we talked about this at a um, I was a part of a panel yesterday. Um, we love wrestling put about, and it was myself, um, 
Cal from Cal 9000, um, Brian H. Waters, and then it was, why am I, want to say her name is Shay, from um, who put on, put together the Black Girl Magic show yesterday, and we really talked um, in depth about this, obviously, because that's one of the main reasons for that panel. My issue was that he was just able to just so brazenly insult her and think that was okay. And then the fact that also really bothered me was that no one seemingly being upset or defending her except for Leo Rush. And that bothered me on a level specifically with people like Hobbs and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, especially um, yesterday when he insisted to more than double down on it, is that he, I just feel like I it was just like, you felt comfortable insulting a Black woman and letting her get talked down to that when you all are know and are associates with her husband as well. Just like on a man-to-man perspective. Now, almost like, you know, it's funny. I said, Leo Rush, the guy, the one guy who's married to a white lady, is the only one defending Swole and being upset about it. But everybody else, crickets, crickets. And to double down and say, well, I get blah, blah, what I want because I guess, which I didn't know that, which I kind of don't believe this. I feel like they just had him say it just for to kind of cover up for themselves but Sean Dean was saying that he works behind the scenes I mean he could obviously I don't know because again we don't work there so we only know what goes on unless someone tells him but I think he is kind of full of shit but you know he could actually have this position it's just the fact that everyone was making excuses and a POC's experience is completely different than the black experience and I don't and people are getting mad was like well she's only speaking up for the black people she's only saying this about I said her main gripe was about the women's division when she's the only quote-unquote negative things that she talked about will say is obviously this and about the women's division she talked about that about 70 80 percent more than this if you actually listen to it or actually read the transcripts for it, her main issues was just the women's division as a whole. And then this part. So that shows that people cherry picked and picked what they wanted to use so they can spin a narrative. And that's what has happened. That's what's continuing to happen. Um, and it's frustrating because she didn't say anything terrible she didn't call anyone out by their name or et cetera, et cetera. but she was demonized so much for an, her experience that she had at employee as an employee and that just blew my mind and I was just sick of it I was like I'm just sick of people like us getting insult is like for no reason we're literally john moxley went on a i 
fuck this about WWE um, trail for about a month. Um, Berea is a good example. Um, I mean, he kind of has a point, but it's starting to get old now. But um, Jonah Rocker or whatever he's called now, Bronson, whatever Bronson Reed is called now, and so many others. And it's allowed the Good Brothers. But again, their people, they had more the reason to be as upset as they were. But they let them do it. But it's like as soon as it's a Black woman who kind of has some moniker, I'm just saying something was slightly to, and not everything being roses, it's such a problem. And it just makes me, and I was like, you know what? I was like, you don't value us. You don't value us as a fan base or as contributor to a part um to your product which is something that we all know because we all know that we're not the demo that they're reaching for no matter what bullshit he spins to say we are not the demographic that they want or care about you can tell when you look in their audience when you go to shows but I was like I like these people so I'm you know I'm gonna watch watch for certain things but then now I'm we're at the point I was like I'm not doing that I'm not tweeting anything for your product from your any official accounts I'm not doing it on Instagram. I'm not watching your show and hashtagging it. If I do turn into AEW, which I probably won't because I do not want them to get any of my ratings, is that I'm just, they're not going to respond because Tony, Tony acts like he's such a numbers person. Um, it was probably the only class he could kind of get through on his own probably in college, but there's neither here or there is that they're not going to quote-unquote start caring or semi-start doing anything until they see a decrease in numbers ratings and sales and products and t-shirts because it's like what they don't realize, especially when I want to say towards like more niche or wrestling, people like us in our demographic, we're the ones spending money, not your demo. Your demo, yeah, they'll get, like, yes, they'll go to shows, but they don't necessarily, like, unless they're some weird, I don't want to say weirdos, but unless there's someone that cares about it, they don't care what type of seat they get. They just get whatever seat. Us, when we go to stuff like that, you're like, if I'm going to a live event, I'm going to spend money. I want to get a seat up closer up front. And that's the same, and that's just like, okay, like, again, that's more money. Yes, they'll buy a belt here or there, but we're the ones who are consistently buying merch, consistently going to Axis, consistently going to um, parties and shit like that, that involves and creating spaces like that. We're the ones who are tweeting and getting actual real engagement we're the one who's talking about that on um our our podcast and etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's like i'm not gonna let you use me to uplift your company and you can't even do the bare minimum or pretend that you kind of care about people who look like me so i'm not gonna contribute to it no more and that's it's sad that it has to be like that and I think, and I felt bad because um, Rose was like, obviously she wants to up her division. She was like, please don't punish these ladies 
for this. She's like, please stand in tune. I'm like, girl, I can't do that. Like I like as a morally obligated, I just can't do that. I just, it just literally legitimately doesn't sit right with me. And then people always want to talk about WWE's past, which should not never be ignored and should always be talked about. But at the same time, I was like, they are genuinely actually making strides to be more diverse. And not only, especially in front of the scenes, but also behind the scenes in which um, Stephanie talked about this in an interview a couple months ago, how they've been more conscious of making sure that they have bring in more diverse staff. But also when you do, when they do do this, you guys harass them and they lose their jobs and you drive them off Twitter and they completely run into a different career field. But they are trying. And is a genuinely like trying like get people in in like certain spaces that they know that they lack and they need that type of need that person in there. And I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. It's like he's not going to apologize. He won't apologize unless he starts really, really losing money or if it really becomes like like a really bad issue where you and I mean like a really bad issue if like an ESPN or so on and so on picks up on the story and it spends it into a not so positive life for him be like oh is Tony Khan the owner of AEW races and then he'll he'll actually come out and sort of halfway apologize but until then no Janae, you got the last say. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page as Nicole. It's 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 a multitude of things. One, it's the way that he insulted Big Swole all the while. On I guess like one hand, named people of color that won their matches um, in that month while promoting Rampage in the street fight while literally a couple months ago he was praising how good Big Swole was and my thing is if you felt like her wrestling wasn't good why did you sign her in the first place you obviously saw something in her and that's why you signed her secondly I think it's a slap in the face when you say her wrestling wasn't good and I can name females on your rosters whose wrestling whose wrestling is not better than Big Swole's and that's a hundred percent fact. They are not better than Big Swole. So if you're saying that her wrestling wasn't good, then why are these other women on the show if their wrestling isn't good either? Um, my other issue is with Sean Dean and Will Hobbs. Here's my thing. Everybody's experience is different, but that doesn't mean you get to invalidate somebody else's experience because you didn't experience it firsthand. So to Will and Sean Dean, maybe they didn't see, they didn't experience, but that doesn't mean Big School uh, didn't have those problems. And they can sit up there and say, well, we're not invalidating her. You are. Because you can easily say, well, we didn't see um, these things happening or it didn't happen to us. We are not taking this from Big School and we wholeheartedly 100% hear what she's saying and we're going to strive to make AEW a better and diverse area for people that look like us. But instead, their statements basically read as if she's lying. None of that's true. And that's the problem. 
you are really you, you would rather and the thing is I get it it's like this is your boss this is your job this is your paycheck you don't want to say anything to like you know lose your job and you should never say anything to begin with it has a real pick me pick me vibe going on with him and the thing with Sean Dean is yeah you're backstage as a recruiter for extras meaning you go around and you find extras which word on the street a lot of the people that they use contract is going to get cut for them to use them but that's neither here or there yeah so it's like yeah yeah you have a job but okay and the thing too is with jade cargill like you didn't need to put that tweet out either let's be real i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty sure she was gonna win that belt anyways but the thing is when she gets that belt, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan is going to make a tweet post about how diverse and how she's the first African-American woman champion <clears throat> in AEW and all these things. And he's just getting, he's going, the thing with Tony Khan is he has to make everybody notice what he's doing. He has to drive a point. He wants everybody to know that. He's very thin-skinned. Like the minute you criticize AEW, he gets so upset and he just starts talking out of his mouth. If that was Vince McMahon, everybody would be on his neck telling him he's a grown-ass man, you're, a, you're the owner of a company, you know better. But Tony Khan gets a pass? That, that doesn't make any sense to me. And so the thing is, yeah, a lot of people, I don't think they actually listen to the podcast because what she said was valid points. When you watch people that look like us on AEW, do they have any really significant storylines as the white counterparts on AEW do? They have matches, but that's about it. But they don't have like a story story. Big Soul had a story that was on Dark. Let's be real. Not a lot of people watch Dark. Not a lot of people watch Elevation. And that's what she was saying. Like, it doesn't feel genuine like you know we want people at the top of the card and then you have these fans saying well they're not ready yet they don't look like they can be main adventures here's the thing guys wrestling is scripted with the right booking and working with your wrestler with characters and everything else anyone can be a main event they book them right and the way and the way the thing i will give to aw is their crowd is usually open to everything they cheer for like every little thing, every big thing, the smallest wrestlers to the biggest wrestlers. They are very, so if you would have booked some of these, these people, you could have booked them. There was a point when Scorpio Sky won the little Sonic ring. Everybody was like cheering for him. Everybody was like, okay, he's going to go places. It's booking. You can book some of these talents to be main event wrestlers, main event characters. You're choosing not to. And that's the problem. Your women's division has what one match per dynamite? If you get lucky, we may get two. So they get 10 minutes out of a whole two hour show. And no one sees that. No one sees a problem in that. Everyone's just like, AEW's great. I love my Young Bucks. I love my Kenny Omega. It's like, come on now, guys, like, take off the goggles, 
take off the rose-colored glasses and look at it for what it is. AEW is making a lot of mistakes. And I have a feeling the reason why you guys are allowing these mistakes to happen or just taking them willfully is because you don't want to admit that they're not giving you what they promised. And they're basically another WWE making mistakes. They're not perfect. But you would rather take that over whatever WWE gives me. And the thing is, WWE is not perfect. By far, they're not perfect. They are problematic in their own right as well. And the thing is, I've seen more independent wrestlers not signed to AEW speak up for Big Swole. The only other person was Leo Rush that was signed. I've seen Killer Kelly say something. I've seen independent wrestler who said he's a, <coughs> excuse me, he's an entertainment lawyer. I've seen so many wrestlers talking about how what Tony Khan did was just, it was bad. You should not have said that. I've seen them talk about what Big Soul meant in her podcast and how everybody's picking and choosing and deciding their own definition. And that's not what she was saying. And my thing is, I want these independent wrestlers, specifically people of color that look like us, before you sign to AEW or you get a call from AEW, really think about what you're doing. Like, really think about it. As a person of color, do you really think you're going to be sitting up there with the Kinneys and the Young Bucks and the Chris Jericho's and the CM Punk's and the Stings and the Darby's and all them, do you really think you're going to be sitting at the same table as them? Think about that before you sign. Because I'm telling you right now, it's probably not going to happen. And if it does, it's not going to be genuine because it's going to be because of this whole issue that arises. That's probably why you're going to see a lot more people of color being pushed because Tony Khan wants to show how diverse he is. And that's one of the things that I'm like a little bit low-key scared of because I know there are wrestlers that we kind of know. And I'm just like, I don't want them to go to AEW because I know they're not going to be used. They're not going to be used at all. They're going to be on TV here and there. And the thing about it too is I understand why wrestlers start with AEW because Tony Khan gives them that option of being able to work indie dates while getting their paycheck. But I think, I think Nicole, you retweeted it. Um, one of the wrestlers was like, I, I will never sell my soul for some booking. Yep. And I felt like that was like directly towards Will Hobbs. Like it just sounded like it went directly towards Well, him. yeah, it was shortly after. Or I think right after. And that's what I felt like he did. Because let's be real, when you look at you posted that. Yeah. When you look at Will Hobbs' trajectory from when he started to where he is now, I don't understand how he doesn't see it. My man's, you came in wrecking shop. And now what are you doing? Yeah, you had a, a match with CM Punk, but, but did you win? No. You didn't. You're just, you know, you're there on Team Taz. What about Ricky Starks? He's the FTW champion. Kira Hogan, she's where is she on dark? Lee Moriarty, he gets his matches here and there, but majority of the time he doesn't even win. Like to me, it's like you're using the people of color for the work rate of matches, but that's it. But they're not good enough to be in storylines. 
Daniel Bryan came in. He's already working on his sec title shot, second title shot with Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Adam Cole just came in. He's already reunited with Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. They're already on Dynamite having matches. Uh, not to mention Ruby Soho. Yeah, Ruby Soho. Like the only person right now that I can honestly say it on TV right now that is person with that's getting any kind of push is Jade Cargill. And I'm going to be honest, and people may not agree with me, I think the only reason why is because Tony Khan wanted his own Bianca Belair. I don't think she's going to get that title over Ruby. I think they're going to give it to Ruby. So it's like you have, and this goes back to you have all these people that have signed with you from the get-go, and looking at it now, who are we seeing? Not any of the same people. You have Scorpio Sky hanging around with Dan Lambert and um, Ethan Page, but Ethan Page is getting more shine than Scorpio Sky. And at one point, y'all was trying to push the man, but then that was overshadowed with Cody trying to do this whole, oh my God, I'm injured. I have to come back in the match. And I don't know what that is. Yeah, you know, you have your tag chance, but where have they been? Rampage? Where else? Have we seen them? You can sit there and say, well, SCU got the tag titles. Yeah, in the very early stages of AEW. We can bring up Nyla Rose. But when you look at it all together, that's very few and far in between. Like, we were getting MJFs and, and Warlow. You got Jake Hager. And <clears throat> we're getting all these non-people of color in the spotlight. And when we see people of color, they're just enhancement talents to help put over your other people that are on the show that you obviously deem more important. That's why I don't understand where Will Hobbs doesn't see what's happening. Granted, I'm not taking away that he has been there for your family when you had um, personal issues going on. And I think that's something that's kind of made him speak out more. And that is a great thing. And I'm not taking that away. I think that's I'm going to awesome. say something real messed up. I'm I, I don't you. care about it. I'm telling you the truth. I'm going to say something real messed up, and this is towards him and Amanda, and I've been holding it for a minute for her because she's been low-key saying some or liking some slick shit the past couple weeks. I'm sorry so-and-so died, but um, that doesn't give you an excuse to pander and blindly defend and just be a piece of shit. That has nothing to do. There's no correlation between that. Yes, they did help you out. And, you know, that is nice to them. And Grand Skate, yeah, should, like, shake their hand or whatever. Who gives a fuck? But does that does not give you an excuse to treat people or to disrespect people that you were friends with and probably were currently friends with until this happened just because you feel like you owe somebody something? That's where that or no, or like you're a family, so you have to do it. That's very cult like to me. I'm sorry, so and so dead. That doesn't give you excuse to be a dick. I agree. The the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like he's seeing it through rose colored glasses because of what they've done for him outside of the ring. He feels like okay, I go for now. And but that's the problem though because he's disregarding what is happening in his own face. He is a prime example of what. Big Swole is talking about. Well, I mean, at this point, I I agree with Nicole. They don't have nothing to do with what Swole talking about. 
if he was there for you and your family, that is great. That means at the, his core, he's not a horrible person. He's just ignorant. But, but more specifically, saying. when it comes to Tony, he ain't ignorant. He know what the world is like. He's experienced it. He ain't no damn fool. No, I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Tony. He's choosing to ignore it because he's getting smoke blown up his ass every day. Very similar to how Cody is treated. Cody is treated like the man. Everybody's blowing smoke up his ass every day. He doesn't see what's really going on, and he's never going to. Neither is Tony. The reality is Will Hobbs is on that. I'm going to be real with you. That come across very Uncle Thomas to me. You come off like a boot-licking bitch, and I don't have time for that. You can be friends with somebody and still criticize and critique what they do. If you can't, that ain't your damn friend. I've known Nicole and I've known Alexis and I've known Janae for a minute. These girls will will ride my ass for filth if I do something that is wrong or if I say something that's disrespectful. Even if I feel like it's not disrespectful and they say, Tim, you really need to back off. You really need to think about what you're saying. If I can't respect the fact that they they were strong enough to be honest with me, then I don't respect them enough as my friend and vice versa. If this man is supposed to be family to you, then your family is supposed to be able to speak to you so that you understand what's going on. You can understand what's happening around you. But if all you're going to do is to constantly get on your knees and lick boots because you're just happy to be there and you're so happy of what you're being handed and not what you deserve, then you're going to always be somebody's bootlicking bitch and you always going to be the older guy who puts, who gives somebody else a leg up. You're always going to have the matches <coughs> with the guys that don't mean shit because all the matches you had and you still ain't went nowhere. You still ain't earned nothing. Here's nothing. The thing about it is when it comes down to the line and let's say something happens and he's no longer with AEW and he starts telling his story and it starts aligning with Big Souls, Everybody gonna look at you like, like you stupid. Nope, yeah. I'm gonna be like, that ain't none of my business. Yeah, like we told you, you're stupid. Like, yeah, it's like y'all are y'all won't even protect your own sister. Like you ain't like you could have just you could have been like Leo Rushman, like nah, this wasn't it. Like there was ways you could have went about it, but you decided to bootlick to protect your own job, thinking that maybe you spin it somewhere, and that was coming back on you because now a lot of these people of color indie wrestlers are looking at you like, bro, you just sold your soul for booking. Yep. And, and you still ain't gonna get booked any better. No. And look, I get it that as a indie wrestler, you gotta make money to take care of yourself. You gotta take care of your family. But, I mean, wrestlers talk, man. And they, I mean, it's like any business that's small. It doesn't seem like it's small, but it's small. Any, oh, not small. Let's just call it niche. Am I using that word correctly? Mm-hmm. It's niche employment. And people talk. I mean, people who work in WWE are friends or married to people in AEW. They're friends with the guys who work in the bingo halls. They're the guys, they're friends with guys and girls who work over in Japan. All over the place. You know 
everybody talks and everybody knows everybody's business or what this person said or what their mama said or what their daddy said or anything like that. Why you are just basically trying it to me, it just looks like you're trying mm. to save your ass in your job and you are coming off as a bootlicker. And I, I don't get it why when again, this is probably just the white girl in me. Why is it when a black woman speaks her mind or says something, y'all don't defend her and y'all just want to be like, oh, we ain't a, like kind of like walking away and ignoring it. Like we don't know her. Like shit, what Tiff said, she called my ass out. You, Tiff, you at least call my ass out on something stupid I do at least three times a week. <laughs> She does. And the thing about it is, and I guarantee you, the reason why he actually put that statement out because he thought it was gonna, he thinks it's gonna get some like, let me back up the boss because maybe that might get me further than what I am. No, you're not getting nowhere. You know no. what? I can give you the truth. Let's let's give it to you real, raw, so you understand. When I was on Instagram and people was we was talking about this conversation before this shit even came up, and I said verbatim, you got Will Hobbs there, probably one of the black wrestlers they got. They ain't even attempted to give him a title shot, nor have they made him look like he was a plausible threat to the title. You know what they said to me? They said Will Hobbs was not ready. He's not ready. He's not championship material. But mm-hmm. you out here, you out here bootlicking and dancing and scatmanning with this motherfucker and the fans ain't even behind you bro the fans who actually watch oh shit sorry the fans who actually watch your shit not me not me not me because i I can be honest with you i watch AEW on occasion because it doesn't it's not my cup of tea it's a little too chaotic for me some people they don't care about that they enjoy the product i say do you but we talk about the people who faithfully watch AEW from week to week. They have said this to me on a consistent basis. And I was defending your ass because I know what black people are capable of when you give them the opportunity. But since you out here popping off at the mouth and not giving swole her just do, you can eat a dick, my guy. Here's a fucked up thing. Nobody. And this is, all, this is the last thing I'm going to say about when he was going to show up at AEW Nicole and me were really excited because Nicole told me about Hobbs. I watched a few of his stuff and I was like, oh shit, this guy's just going to be like that guy who shows up, wrecks people and leaves. And you need that every once in a while, you know? And it's like, when he was there, you saw him. This is true. He was real good. And then what happened? He turned heel on Moxley. They put him with Taz and he ain't done shit. He starts deleted his Twitter when all this went. Yeah, he it. Yeah, he been deleted it. He deleted it that day. Yeah, I'm out. I just I not. I'm trying to just look at this from like not only just a a female wrestling fan, a wrestling fan, and a white woman in general. What is y'all's fucking problem? The wrestling community is a white man's sport. They are highly they are highly protective of it because in every other sport, POCs and especially black people take over. And they're threatened by it. So they will do whatever is necessary to keep this sport 
the way that it has been since the beginning, which is a white man sport. That's really funny you say that because um, that was mentioned on the panel. That literally the exact thing that was mentioned on the panel. That is the truth. So that's why you see these white boys and these and some white women too. Y'all not absolved. Y'all can get the fucking smoke too. Some of y'all motherfuckers is real dirty and y'all trying to cover it up by being real politically correct. But at its core, it is your suppression of black people coming into something that you feel you own. That's facts. And if you don't like it, you ain't gonna like it. I don't give a damn, but that's the truth. Because if it wasn't true, you wouldn't be reacting to her the way that you are. And it's her that you have an issue with. Her specifically. You attack her integrity. You attack her ability to be able to do her job effectively. And then you go for the fact that she's a nigger. You wrong. And that's the only way I can explain it. You dead ass wrong. And she doesn't deserve that. She should be able to explain her experience without you coming out and getting in your feelings. If you if you realize what she said and was like, you know, okay, let's take some cues from Swole. Because I listened to her podcast. I heard what the woman said. She said there wasn't no structure. There was nobody she could go to because Kenny Omega was being pulled in seven directions. Why? Because you got his ass on TV wrestling in four different damn companies. Then on top of that, he still got to be an EVP for you and make sure your company is run in the women's department like it's supposed to. While being injured. He's still injured. Seven different things you got him doing, but y'all precious forbidden door is open. You got your people stretched too thin. Everybody's moving and doing stuff, but you ain't got nobody inside your company. You don't have no go-tos. You had nobody over the women's division that can actually do the job effectively without being pulled to do something else. Because while Kenny's on TV, who's, who's talking with the women so they know what they're doing? And that's that's the thing, too. Um, they, they treated, again, if I say something, y'all, please check my ass. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm basically the outsider looking in, you know. Um, awesome Kong went to Tony Khan and she said, I want to be, well, this isn't verbatim, but she basically said, I want to be the women's locker room go-to person that I can train these girls that if they have a problem and they're not comfortable going to talking to you guys, they can come like what they do in WWE when they have a lot, the locker room leaders. So if they're not comfortable, they can talk to them and then they'll go talk to whoever's in charge for them. So they don't feel like they're overstepping or anything. And y'all turned that woman down. You said, no, we don't need you. And honestly, I think just all around, I think Tony Khan's a misogynist. He gives me those vibes. Um, just the way he treated that female reporter and I mean, I, you attack a woman and you tell her she's not a good wrestler. Is you're, you're, to me, you're coming out here saying she's not a good enough wrestler. That just kind of gives me the vibes that you're trying to sabotage this woman from ever getting booked ever again in any company. That's what it looked like to me. But then there were people who was like, well, he's in character. He's just doing this in character. I'm like, no. No, he's no. having a hissy fit because someone criticized him. 
Right. I'm like, you're not going to do that cop out bullshit with me. Because Vince McMahon being carried all the time. not do that. I ain't never seen Vince get on Twitter and call and say nobody was good, not good enough for the company. Because, bitch, you hired him. And that's the thing. Every time someone criticizes Tony Khan, he has a hissy fit. When that lady was saying something about the women's division, yeah. oh, well, you didn't give me praise for what I did with NWA's pay-per-view. when That uh, was Ella J, and she, she'd even ask him, all, she'd even answer her question. He, she literally was just like, what is, that, what is AEW doing their women's division, and what did we get to a point where we could have an all-women's pay-per-view? That's all she asked. Yep. She never criticized him, and he just went off because he expected the criticism, which tells me he recognized that there's something wrong here, but he's choosing then, to act as if it's not true. Yep, and then I think it was Fox, not even the channel, but like the Fox News thing, wrote an article about the Jaguars. It was like 99% about the Jaguars, and then the 1% was like, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about AEW's like slowly declining ratings because their ratings have been declining i I believe i sent it into the the group chat they have declined 30 percent even on the east coast when that is live 30 percent he then basically took a screen capture of the show buzz uh ratings and was like we're beating you guys in the demo just off of a one line in a whole article he had a hissy fit then he he had a low key he 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 just has a little baby to me I feel like Tony Khan thinks he's the savior of wrestling that ever since he started AEW he's a savior of wrestling and he's what 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 everything good in wrestling is supposed to be and he's out there to be the captain savior of wrestling so when anyone criticizes his product that he feels like it's just so perfect he has a temper tantrum and there's no one backstage that is trying to check the man because he has done this so many times. Someone should have told him something by now, like, hey, you are the owner of the company. You probably should start acting like it. I saw this article of Tony Khan where he was talking about um, WCW. And WCW, WCW has a very special little place in my heart. And he was talking about how if it, this is a company that's gone under for 20 something years, right? Okay. He said he was glad WCW was gone because it gave them a window of opportunity to become a thing. And I'm like, this is 20 some odd years later. WCW has been fully absorbed into WWE. And then he goes on to say, and this is the thing that gets me. He goes, we're going to, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, we're not going to repeat their mistakes. And I'm like, Read what you just said there, Tony. We're not going to make the same mistakes WCW made. Seems like you are from what I hear about your backstage and how everything's handled. That's exactly how things were going when WCW was going south. Um, and you know what's funny? When AW first started, let's put the diversity shit to the side, right? Mm-hmm. When AEW first started, and I was telling y'all that this shit seems real chaotic. Like, there's no order back there. There's nobody telling them what to do in terms of who's doing what, who has matches, where it's going, because it just seemed really off to me. 
And then she comes out and says, there's no go-to for the women's division back there. Kenny's busy 90% of the time, and it's hard for her, hard for them to find anybody. And she was the go-to, and now she's gone. So who's over the women's division? Who's making sure? That, and then here's the other thing that fucked me up. She said, we're only meeting once a week. We have no interaction other than the one time we see each other, which explains why shit is so fucked up, why y'all match quality is terrible, why people aren't being able to see clean matches and we, because y'all ain't practicing. She's going to them like, hey, can I set up a camp? Can we do something where the girls are meeting weekly, even the people they're going up against so we can get stuff clear and get it right? Y'all are really sending people out there. wrestling with no interaction other than one time and that is why there's so much that's why I was like something is not right something is off here it's not competing it's not computing it's like y'all here wrestling every week the match is not improving the quality is not improving and that's because people ain't wrestling outside of them wrestling on TV and that's that's ridiculous to me you should be out here training a superstar. She was talking about how she was like, I was telling them, going to the high roads, like, we need to have a camp. We need to do training so we can get this stuff cleaner. I'm used to structure. There's no structure. And I'm like, damn. I'd be damned if we didn't say that shit. You know, it would be one thing if, like, they're like, you know what, we're going to hold off on a women's division. Because MLW is just now starting their, their women's division up. And they're doing it slowly but they're doing it right and i haven't been able to watch it but i've been hearing a lot of good things about the women who have been on there and that they're like they're taking their time and they're building it up you know what the first match you know what the first ever aew women's match was and it was such a barn burner hence the sarcasm you want to know what their first match was forever in their women's division well viva bates Versus Allie. That was the first ever match they had for their women's division. I remember watching it at my friend's house. And I'm like, this is bad. Like, this is not good. Like, I got a bad vibe off of that already. But it, 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 it's just... I'm, I'm not trying to say WWE is better. Because y'all don't need, don't try that. Because we've had people like, you guys just hate AEW. We are equal opportunity shit talkers. I don't know how many times I have to say that. We have to put that on a shirt if we have to, okay? <laughs> like, we will talk shit about anything that is not good. But last year, even during when all this shit with COVID and everything was going on, WWE was, was everything they put in out barn burners? No. But you could tell people were at least trying. And people are trying to say on Twitter, um, you know, oh, AEW, it does like it goes back to that whole thing where it's like they're they're trying to get to a certain fan base. All last year, for a good portion of 2020 and 2020, 2020 and 2021. In WWE, there was hardly any white champions. That's true. And I'm not just counting the Usos in the New Day. But at one point, 
there was only two white champions. And I think it was Riddle and Drew. And that was it. You can say what you want to about WWE, but at least they try. They, they know what people are looking for. This year alone was the first time that I remember in WWE history that Bobby Lashley had the title and Big E won it from him. That was the first time in my memory where a black champion automatically <coughs> lost the belt to another black contender. No, there's also Sasha and um, Bianca. Oh, I'm talking men wise. Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. Don't do it. Carry <laughs> no, on. But you know that like it's people don't understand that was a big deal, and you have talent. We've said this day one. Their tag team division should have easily gone over on WWE. They have fucking Lucha Brothers, fucking Pride and Powerful, Private Party. Those three guys right there. You got fucking top flight when the one guy comes back from being injured. You have the tag teams we want to see. But what what are you regulated to them to? Lucha Brothers just now got the title after they should have gotten it way beforehand. Pride and Powerful, you stuck them with Jericho. And now Private Party stuck with Matt Hardy. And yes, out of that whole group, who's getting more I'll give you a hint. It's not Private Party. Crowd and empowerment, they should have been got a tag title shot. They haven't even, I don't know what's going on with them. Like, explain to me how private party that, and that whole thing with impact was just a fucking mess. But please explain to me why you have an AEW tag team going over to impact and being number one contenders for their tag titles when they've been busting their ass and you've done nothing but stuck them in the stupid Matt Hardy camp. Those were the guys I used to watch Dark for. I used to watch it for Private Party because they weren't on Dynamite. And every time that old theme song of theirs kicked on, my white ass was dancing like I have no rhythm, but I was just like, fuck yeah, you know? (laughs) That's what I wanted to see. But what did you do? They lost, but yet we could get the Good Brothers over on AEW for about a year. Well they did was be Kenny Omega's bitches. Y'all can say what y'all want and y'all might disagree with us and that's fine. We're used to it. But the reality is if you go back and listen to the podcast episodes, the early episodes when we were doing weekly stuff about AEW and WWE, we told y'all that this is what was going on and a lot of y'all was like, no, y'all just hating on AEW. Let me explain the difference between critiquing and hating. Hating is just simply saying the product is shit and you don't want to have nothing to do with it. But when you actually watch it and you have constructive criticism or at least something to add to the conversation that may not be glowing reviews and blowing smoke up people's ass, that's not hating. That's watching the product and critiquing it just like we do with WWE. Nobody's defending what WWE does. We know what WWE's history is. AEW's still creating theirs, and they ain't off to a good start. So if you're going to go there and say, well, WWE's history with race ain't great either. Yeah, but let's keep it real. The IWC don't make it easier either. And a lot of this shit falls on y'all head too. 
some of you motherfuckers be out here acting real reckless when you go to these shows and you understand that your support of certain people boosts them in the eyes of the higher ups. But because AEW is so fucking chaotic, all they care about is that little demographic of 18 to 45 white dudes Mm -hmm. that are sitting in the audience with transphobic signs they don't care about Nicole and me and even Alexa they don't give a shit about her and how she feels about the show because she's not going to give them all of the accolades and not tell them the truth she's going to tell them the truth she's going to say I like the show but this is where you need to improve that's real that's reality There's no different thing when y'all be fucking watching football and basketball and all of the other fucking sports and you critique a team. You know what they're capable of and what they can do. And they're not giving it to you. And AEW could be doing better because they had the opportunity to do better. That's the point. They ain't WWE. They not setting the trends. They're coming behind it. Which means they have the opportunity to either continue to follow the line or go in a different direction and change history. They're not doing that. They're trying to make themselves look different, but all they're doing is being exactly what WCW was just without the bullshit. And the only difference between AEW and WCW is AEW didn't have Ted Turner's money. They don't have it. Now they got some money. But they're following right in the same footsteps as WWE. WWE was snatching up talent too. Impact will lose a superstar. They go and get it. Sign them. They pop up on TV for a couple weeks. Then they gone. Quietly moving away. And that's like one of my biggest issues is a lot of people are like, well, WWE is hoarding talent. And I'm like, so is AEW. Well, the difference is though, Tony Khan is giving them the ability to work out their dates. And I said, <clears throat> that's not the point, though. The point is they're signing any and everybody to AEW. They can go and work any dates all they want to, but a lot of times, these wrestlers, they just want to wrestle. And not every wrestler can go to all these indie dates. It's only few and far in between, so they're just sitting back there waiting to get called to be seen on TV. It's still hoarding, no matter how you put it. They're still signing all this talent, and you only have three hours of television time and then you have dark and elevation and let's be real people watch it but they watch it in the background or they'll watch it like a couple days later or a week later and if you want to look at the analytics of things um big word for the year there alexis if you want to look at the the data yeah i said it once and now i can't say it again fuck (laughs) if you look at the data just across the board when it comes to that. Yeah, WWE has let go of a lot of people and they have less than 100 people on their roster right now on both shows. AEW has surpassed 100 people. That's not even including, last time we checked, am I right? That's not even including the guys and women in the back. Just talent alone. It's just talent alone. They have over a hundred wrestlers. And it's growing by the day because they keep signing new people. Like they just signed Jake Atlas. He had his first match on Dark. And, you know, so don't, 
we, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I've been saying this, I don't like seeing people lose their jobs, but when cuts start coming and they're going to, because it looks like uh, Tony Khan's dad's going to have to be cutting into his allowance money because the Jags aren't doing too good right now. But um, that's a whole other story. But when cuts are going to have, are going to come, I want to see the outrage that y'all have for WWE, but you didn't show for the men and women in Ring of Honor. I'm still mad at half of y'all. Or no, I'm mad at all, a lot of y'all for not having that energy. But WWE cut somebody, you act like this is the end of the world. I want to see you have a breakdown when AEW cuts people. There's a good handful of people from AEW I would cut right now. And I'm pretty sure people would be like, oh no, why'd you cut them? But if you go on their Twitter or social media, they would tell them they suck. They hate them. They don't want them there. Their matches are boring. And that's the thing too, is like people go, <clears throat> oh, he's taking, he's like being real specific about who he's signing. Okay, why did he sign Tony Nese again? <clears throat> don't get me wrong, Jay Atlas is cool, but why did he sign Jake Atlas again? No let's go, let's go to Andrade because he claimed Andrade was going to be a breakout star. He got people who showed up on NXT 2.0 way after him got belts blown up. Hmm. Why did why did two point why did two get signed again? Like the minute they got released after their 30 days, they were signed. He's not picking specifically, he's just signing anyone he can get his hands on. And the thing is, doesn't matter what kind of contract they have. He still has to pay them, whether it's per TV show, whether it's just a, a, a base pay, a down base pay, he still has to pay them. When you're paying these wrestlers and these people backstage and all these other things, you want to recoup that money by TV advertisements, by people being in the crowds, but you have so many wrestlers, I'm pretty sure you're not breaking even. No. I'm, I'm no, you know, accountant or anything, but I'm just like... You're only getting, if you even it out, $45 million a year. And by your own words, Tony, it costs a million dollars to do just the dynamite. Mm. How many weeks is in a year? Those 52 weeks in a year, you're already over your 45. Yeah. You I want to know how dynamite is costing <laughs> that much. He, that's what he said. That's what he <laughs> said in a tweet. I remember because there was a girl who uh, was doing YouTube videos like uh, doing dynamite, like reacting, re- uh, dynamite reviews. And yep. I will say some of the things she was saying was like pretty out of pocket. But when you like get actually get into her reviews, reviews, she wasn't saying anything wrong about like certain aspects of the show weren't good and how the matches weren't this and that. And so he hit her page with a copyright strike because she was showing longer than 30 seconds. She was literally showing like full matches on dynamite. And yeah. she had said something on Twitter and then he came back and said, it cost me a million dollars to produce a dynamite. Yep. I remember because I remember seeing the tweet. That is what he said. Where, so if it costs you a million dollars, that means you're spending $52 million alone just to produce a dynamite. I just want to know. But as Nicole, that's a good question what Nicole said. Where is the money going? Because from the looks of the way dynamite looks, there's no way. Because I know it costs a million dollars to produce a Raw or a SmackDown, but when you look at everything they have, it, it makes, makes sense. sense. 
Well, what about the damn um, death match? The exploding ring death match? You're gonna. It, <laughs> it didn't pay off at all because. And the thing is, you know, it's because he spent a million dollars of his own money for the AEW video game. That game's gonna. Okay. I have seen prototype material about that game. It looks horrible. It looks absolutely horrible. It's too stuck. I don't know video games, but I know my wrestling games. And looking at that, that is giving me impact when they were trying to, or TNA, when they were trying to release a video game, it's giving me that vibes. That game's going to fail. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is like, if you have the money within your budget, I would use the million dollars within my budget for the, for the video game. If I ain't got to come out of my own pocket for the video game and I can just go into whatever budget I have, I'm going to do that. But to me, and again, I'm not an accountant, this is me, you know, my hypothesis, if you have to spend a million dollars of your own money for the video game, that tells me you must not have that, have much in your budget. Huh. Because another thing when you think about it too is when you look at from the last time I heard they may have changed it, but when it comes to <clears throat> the wrestlers like merch sales, the wrestlers get a good chunk of their merch sales as opposed to WWE. WWE gets the big chunk and the wrestlers get like depending on who you are, you get like ten percent, fifteen. But the wrestlers get a good chunk of their merch sales. Mm-hmm. So you're not really making that much from the merch sales. You might be now that you're filling out arenas with ten thousand, eleven thousand people. You do have, you know, money coming in there, but your tickets, the prices for your tickets, I will say, are not that expensive. Like a Raw or SmackDown front row tickets, probably going to cost you about five or six hundred dollars. I'm pretty sure an AEW front row tickets more lines of like two or three hundred. Yeah, but here's also the thing, though. It's like, why are you going to spend that much? Like, okay, before COVID hit, AEW was going to go to a show in Ohio. Me, Tiff, and Nicole were going to go. Stuff came up. We couldn't go. So me and Nicole were watching AEW. And Nicole, true or false, you and me were telling us, like we were telling, like both of us were going back and forth. So glad we didn't spend money on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was like a night where it was just very heavily, heavy promo lace. And then it had like squash matches. And I'd be like, I'm telling Nicole, I'm like, if we pay money for this, I'd be pissed right now. And the matches weren't even that good. They don't even have to be this way. And that's the problem. If you would just listen instead of taking it so personally. And I think that's where he made his biggest mistake is he takes it so personally. To an extent, I can understand this is your passion. This is your, this is your baby. You have spent time curating it per your own words and you don't want you don't want nobody to take away from something that you've built into being the entity that you say that it is but you can't make yourself be great if you're not willing to listen to critiques and change there should be changes implemented going forward i don't want to hear from a motherfucker who recruits goddamn extras to stand around when it's time for y'all to do y'all little promos or y'all outside i don't want to hear from a bitch who's coordinating live events and tours and shit because you don't have nothing to do with the bottom line you're not the person that she's talking about you're not the one 
So you need to sit back and fan and wave your lettuce leaf in the back and shut the fuck up because nobody was talking to you. She talking about people in the in the back office, people who make the major decisions, people who hire decide who is hired, people who are the ones making the storylines for who gets the belt next. Because from the way AEW operates, their titles don't change but for a year. Each champion we've seen has had that title for a year. So they don't change hands regularly like they do on any other wrestling promotion. So y'all know who's going to be champion next year. You're well aware of this. So don't act like they don't have no idea of how this shit is supposed to work. Because 90% of your back office are ex-WWE producers, superstars, and alike. They all know how this shit is supposed to work. You can be different, but you take cues from your predecessor and you move forward. That's just good business. And all Swole wants you to do is to take an understanding that people of color need to be seen because kids like her daughter, kids like my nephews and my nieces who watch wrestling with me, they want to see people that look like them. And I can tell you right now, my nephew watches wrestling regularly because I watch it. And he enjoys seeing Big E as champion because he reminded him of himself. So don't tell her she wrong for what she said. Because what she's saying is facts. And if somebody like Will Hobbs don't understand, then you too far removed from the situation and you too need to shut the fuck up. Because no one was talking to you either. Nobody asked you about your personal experience. She was talking about hers. And every time somebody says something, one of you motherfuckers got to come up and come in there and talk about, well, I don't have to deal with it. No, because you got a dick. You don't have to worry about it. The women's division is obviously at a disadvantage. You can see that from where you stand it. So don't make it seem like she wrong for how she feels. And don't try to discredit her because you disagree. At least listen to what she's saying. And you know what the cold part about this whole situation is? That woman said in the podcast, this is what I told him in my exit interview. Which leads me to believe you already knew what she was talking about. You know what she was saying. And you still went on Twitter to demean her like that. That's why people is at your ass. Especially me. Because you disrespectful. Because you already knew what she was talking about. She had this conversation with you. And she probably was even more respectful when she said it to you. And you still took it as she was attacking you. Because you was a little bitch. And you can't take nobody telling you the truth. But she, so, but here's the thing, Tiff. Was he even really listening to her when they <coughs> had the exit interview? Was there even a good enough chance that he was? I think he was. I just think he didn't like. I think he heard that. exactly what she said. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that he, she said it on a podcast and he took it as criticism. And you know how thin skinned he is? That's why he retorted the way he did. He doesn't like being called out for the things that he does. I'll call his ass out. He disrespectful because he didn't have to say that shit. And then it was like, well, she's she's just not good enough. Oh, she's not good enough. But you got to take Conti out here getting her face busted in on national television. National television. You got her out here wrestling and she can be. She can't. What the fuck? But she's telling me that Joel's not good enough. She's she's not where you she need where you need to be, but you put Tay Conti on dynamite. Are you kidding me? And then I know where y'all gonna go. 
oh, well, Jade's on TV every week. You want to know the truth? Can I say something controversial? Janae said, said it. Janae said it that he wanted his his Bianca. And you know what? She right. But Jade has a look that a lot of people can resonate with. And she is not an unconventional beauty like Swole is. You ain't gonna dismiss Jade. She's tall, she's pretty, and she's athletic. The way she looks plays a major part into why she's where she at. And don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting Jade. Jade has come into her own. And I give sis all the props in the world. But you got to give facts where facts are due. Swole was there first. You had what you needed in Swole. And you bypassed her for Jade. Because you can't sit there and tell me Jade is a better wrestler than Dick Swole. Because that is a fallacy. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to say something that might piss a lot of people off. Including Jade. But chances of her hearing this is like slim to none. But it's like you put that tweet out, and I really hope that was in character. I I really hope that was fucking in character. Where you're like, they took a chance with a, a talent in a new company, and my first match was in with Cody and Shaq. Oh, uh, you mean one of the matches that was contender for worst match of the year? Oh no, she wasn't in character. Oh, well, your match, yeah, you wrestled with Cody. Who was the one who carried that whole match? Red fucking velvet, and you guys can fight me on that. Red carried that match. Because if it had gone through with Randy being in there, that would have been a complete clusterfuck. But Red Velvet was the one who held that match together. And she was the one who had to eat the fucking pin. And that's that's the thing that pisses me off. I'm gonna like, be shocked if they give that title to Jade. And I I I stand by what I said. I think that Ruby was the one they were gonna give it to in the first place. They just put Jade in the damn tournament and let her go through it. She has an undefeated streak. I and if they don't give it to Ruby, I think it's because of all this shit going down. I stand by what I say. I don't care what nobody says. You can have an attitude all you want to. I believe that. I think Jay was going to lose to Ruby, and Ruby was going to be champ. So if Jay um, wins, they would just be doing this to try to get some of the heat off of him. See, me personally, I feel like Jay's going to win regardless, but I think my thing is I'm going to be looking more towards how Tony Khan words his tweet if she gets the belt. Is he going to put in diversity and make it a big thing that she's the first African-American female thing, because if he does that, then my thing is, he purposely is sent that tweet because of the whole big school thing. I feel like he's going to do that. Media for him at this point, he's <clears throat> what, were you, what were you trying to say, Nicole? Um, This kind of goes into the sentiment earlier when we were talking about how like, this is a quote last on last, um, sport that they dominate pretty much um the thing is is that and I know and I mentioned this in like a group chat about how um Jade is able to get away with certain things and Brandy herself is 
because they adhere to normal European beauty standards. And they, yes, they are Black women. They still do get respected, disrespected, but they have a little bit more of an edge up because of that. And that's the same thing. And I, and Red Velvet do nothing wrong, but I mean, I can put Red Velvet in that same category, but maybe cannot because she's an Afro-Latina. That's a whole nother thing. But it's... And they meant someone, I forgot it was Brian or Cal, but someone said it last night. They were like, it doesn't make sense for Jade to have the record that she has and then be as dominant as she is and not meet Britt, Britt Baker. Hmm. Because it makes no sense. But, and then they were like, so why do we have the TBS championship? He was like, really think about that. It's a constellation prize because they want Britt Baker to stay champion. Exactly. Because there's no way, and this is in kayfabe, <laughs> and this is like in real life as an athlete, there's no way for her to just sit there and look at Britt Baker and be like, Come, I'm, no, I can, I'm going after that title. Right. This is a way to keep Jade occupied and to keep her out of the way for now before people for now before people start connecting some dots but it's gonna happen soon it's too late they don't already start so if you know you know if they don't they don't if she doesn't win this title then she's gonna have to go after Brent because you're right because here's also the thing i just got a couple things to say and then i gotta get going because i gotta take a kid out of school tomorrow find it very if, if that's what they do because all of a sudden now the win-loss records don't seem to care like no one cares about the win-loss records now they're just throwing random people for for Brit to face at this point hmm. anybody I think this will be my last statement before I go Brit Baker's feuds are short even if they are feuds they're very short and she always comes out on top if you wanted to prove herself as a champion, and she did deserve that title because she really did work hard for it. I will not take that away from her, okay? Why wouldn't you want to put her in, this one's for you, Rico, why would you not want to put her up against Big Swall again when, riddle me this Batman, when Britt was injured and just being the straight up annoying white girl in a wheelchair who was the one that was kind of coming after her and instigating her and kind of like tricking her and be like, oh, she's healed. It was Swole. That's who built, helped build her, um, the reality of what Britt Baker could do. If it wasn't for her feud with Swole, would you be giving Britt Baker any time of day? Keep it real. Yeah. And it's just like, they had that Dennis match, which people were like, People were mad enough where it got moved to the main card. But then, people, you know, of course, people were, were bitching about it. So it was good. It was a cinematic match. They did what they could. Whatever, you know. Not every cinematic match has to be, you know, like a movie. It's, it could just straight up be a match. It's also an issue I have with the hardcore thing, but we'll talk about that at a later date. Why wouldn't you want Swole to go back up against Brit? Because they already proved that they have some kind of, of energy 
and they can connect and work off of each other. Because you know she would have been the one. And it's no shade to Thunder Rosa. It's not. I love Thunder Rosa. It's no shade to her. But this is like the 56 billion times she's going up against Britain now, it seems like. And like, swore. not do not end. Yeah. And she's, she's, they had a dark, the lights out match. Brit, Brit Baker bled one time. And all of a oh, sudden, everyone wants her now. But it, it, and again, this is for Regan, because I know he's going to be hearing this and he's going, oh shit. They have history together. Tiff said earlier, they're just throwing matches out there. There's no connection. There's nothing between half these people that are going up against each other. You had a main event or semi-main event of Brit versus Swole for that title. And you didn't think to have them run that again? Get the fuck out of here. They're running Daniel Bryan and hanging out in page again. They're running Cody versus Sammy Guevara again. Even Rand, Tay Conte, and Anna Jay in some form of tag or single game so many damn times. Okay. This all goes back to who they're targeting. Who is your audience? (laughs) Your audience is not all of us and all the casual fans. Your audience is all the guys who watch New Japan and are Bullet Club fans. Your audience are the guys who sit up at night and, you know, look for the indie matches online and think that they're hot shit because that's all they watch. That's your audience. That's who you're marketing to. That's who. And where is he at? That, that's, 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 that's who you're pandering to. That's who you're providing a program for. No one is saying that Daniel Bryan can't wrestle. We know what Daniel Bryan is capable of. We all are aware of Daniel Bryan's career and how far he had to come, how he had to fight, everything. We know. No one is saying that. But if your goal is to create a company that's different from WWE's, you've done that just by existing. You also proved that you can be a fair thorn in the WWE side by forcing their hand to be better. But in turn, you have rested on your laurels and decided to just keep playing to this strength of being able to have this so-called forbidden door and keep bringing in the guys who are the indie darlings of the world and used to work for WWE, but now for you. And because you have that on your belt and that as your forefront sign, everyone thinks you're somehow superior. But in reality, you are still playing a cat and mouse game. And eventually, the mouse is going to be caught. And you're going to be the odd man out. You're going to have to do some things you never thought you had to do. But had you had listened, instead of always trying to defend, you would understand where people are coming from. But you you too damn hard-headed to know, and you too damn hard-headed to listen. So I'm just going to sit back and watch you fall on your ass. That's what I'm going to do. And all y'all that's mad, that's listening to us, because you don't like what we're saying, when next week, when WWE do something stupid, because they will, and we digging in their ass, I don't want to hear no praises and none of that shit. Keep that same fucking energy you had when we were going at Tony Khan's neck. Keep that same energy with me. Because I don't need no motherfucker around me that's going to be blowing smoke up my ass. I need to know the fucking truth. I need to know who I'm dealing with. 
if you don't like what we say, that's shit. It's our show. We can say whatever the fuck we want to. Unless y'all got something else to say, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm done. He just needs to get checked real damn quick, whether it's somebody or reality. He just needs to get checked. And um, I think I speak for all of us when we just say, I hope Big, Sw- I hope Big Swole has like one of the best years of his career now. I am two years now. Big Swole will be fine. I don't, I don't see nothing but good things for her and her family. So shout out to Swole. And um, on that note, you know what? On another note, before we end, Tony is lucky. Cedric has some sense. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, be lucky. You guys were cutting out. I said, said Tony Khan is lucky that Cedric has some sense. And that's oh, okay. all I'm going to say on that. Y'all got to respectful. Actually, you know what? Y'all got to start fighting people again. <laughs> Fuck that. Y'all need to be like... <laughs> y'all need to find somebody like Brock who would get v- basically threaten to whoop Vince's ass. Or Sean and actually whoop his, not Sean, or be like Bret Hart and actually whoop his ass. Yeah, because Bret Hart didn't do it. Yeah, he whooped his ass. <laughs> he needs a reality check. He needs, a, he needs to be checked, whether it's reality or someone doing it. He needs to get checked. You can't do that when you got a bunch of yes men around you. You can't do that. And I, it's, we, I've been saying this for years. It's pure chaos back there. Ain't nobody in place to tell him what's right and what's wrong because all they care about is the fact that he's putting up the money. When you got all the money, you got all the power. No one's going to tell you no. And when, from what Swole said, not to make her see, nobody's saying anything bad about them, but he butters them up by taking them out and being their friend and being close to them so it appears right. It feels right. But when you know, you know. That's why she tweeted lesson learned. Then he'll get a universal check. And trust me, those are the worst checks. I don't know. They're going to be all lottie dotty, family, 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 until that first yep. check bounce. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. That first check bounce. When that monkey dry up, then the situation gonna change. Then it's gonna be here's my truth. I can tell you right now, if Will Hobbs come out talking about some truth, I'm gonna tell you right now, you can shut the fuck up. Cause whatever I'll tell him to shut shut your ass up. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a care. Boo-hoo. I don't care about your Cause you I, ain't care about swole. I'd be telling Tony, I'd be like, don't worry about ending up like WCW. I'd be more worried about ECW. Don't end up like them. I Paul. Paul still owned him his money. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dreamer back his their money. Tommy Dreamer. Keep Not his money. Hell yeah. Now you got something else to say or are you good? I'm mad. I can't wait for that day. It'll, it's gonna happen soon. We'll celebrate. <laughs>
I give them a year and then I think no, I give them two years, two or three years, and then they're gonna drop down to impact title status where it's just like not a lot of people is watching. You're kidding. Don't no. Like I don't think they'll completely shut down. I think they're gonna slowly lose their base because of the mistakes they keep making. And then everyone who was talking all that all the wrestlers who was oh they took a chance on me my comp and the company was unknown and they pushed me to be a bigger star than what I ever were. And we are so diverse in what we're doing. They're going to be like at the PC for their little tryouts. For Stop. Oh, yeah. You know that's going to be a thing that happens. Hey. The thing that Tony Khan said that I remember interview, he said, what he's going to do is instead of like just out of the blue releasing them, he's just not going to resign their contracts when the contracts are up. And I was like, yep. that's still releasing. That's still releasing. And when you fuck with people's money, what happens? The truth comes out because then they realize AEW is these maze and not the TK's cops anymore. (laughs) What? What did you say, Nicole? What did you say? I said a bunch of people's contracts start coming up soon. Mm. Mm. MJF is one of them. I'm telling you, he's not resigning. No one says. I think he will. I don't think he will either. I don't think he is. Being real careful what he says on social media about WWE superstars, and that's a telltale sign for me because EJF don't give a shit about nobody. No. Like he's always oh, at any promotion anywhere. He does not care. Yeah, but he's very, very, very careful about what he says about them. They have been lately. Lately, he's been very careful about what he says and who he says it about. And I remember he bid up. Roman was like, I really respect him. I respect a lot of wrestlers at WWE. And I'm like, that's out of character for him because he's always in character. Yes. Yep. He is consistently always in kayfabe. So when he would say like that, I'm like, that's a little weird. Matt, right. He never gets out at kayfabe for any other company, whether it be no. MLW or any, no, nowhere else. No. No. Always and he ain't leaving now. He's uh, definitely not gonna be in AEW long. That's it's it's just he preparing for it. AEW is what the Jaguars yeah. are to AEW is what is in professional wrestling is what the Jaguars are to the NFL. You make your time there, you make your name, and then you leave. Because if you really think about it, he's going about it the smart way. He's making himself a big name. He's upping, showing that he can, you know, he's not the greatest wrestler, but that's fine. They can work around it. They work around it for dozens of other people. He can talk well. He can sell merch. He can pretty much work with every, anybody. And he's young, which is a big thing for them right now. Oh, you know, he can make more money with the with Exactly. And they he and they'd be like, it's smart for him. So he was like, okay, they're already seeing what I can do. So if I yeah. sign there, they're not going to put me in NXT. They're going to put me on TV. I'm gonna be on Raw SmackDown right away. And not only that, it'll be a chance to say, look, we got one of your your big your original stars. We got one of your biggest stars. Now watch watch what we do with him. Like I can and see he can tell them all the bullshit and he can tell them all the shit that they got going on down there. It will be, and that's what I'm telling people, the first like bigger person who goes over 
to WWE from AEW, that play, that's, that's when they're going to start crumbling because they're going to tell yep. them all of their nooks and crates, all of their little stuff that they kind of maybe knew about or kind of didn't know about, and they're going to they're going to attack. That's what I'm saying. I was like, they're playing the long game. They are waiting and they're waiting because eventually, like people, like some people, I don't I don't think necessarily swole would go, but if you have someone within that adjacent that go over there. And they those are those are people who are gonna do damage. Yeah. And you know what? They would put that US title on him and he would and they would make it his okay, you talk like they're like he's a pillar of AEW. Then how come you haven't done shit with him? The only two you've done with is Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, but you haven't done crap with Jungle Boy or MJF. Could you imagine WWE's MJF? He gets the United States title, and they put him in a uh, a storyline with the Miz. And you know what? That but see, here's the thing: the response I get when I brought up MJF going was, "No, they're gonna dumb him down. They're gonna change him." I'm like, I'm gonna tell you what Stone Cold said. He said, "If you want to make it in the business in WWE or in any place, you can't let nobody tell you who you are." MJF gonna have to be his own advocate. If he wants to be out there and to say stuff, yeah, he's gonna have to calm it down a little bit. Cause I mean, you can talk about people's moms and shit or whatever, but you can't be talking about going on TV talking about fucking people's sisters and all that kind of shit. Cause they're a PG place. They cater to children. So you're gonna have to find another way to get your point across. Miz does it all the time. And so that's going to be a really t- a test for him. And I think someone else I've heard this mentioned before with them, they're saying if they'll dub him down to go to WWE, but I was like, that will make him better because he would have to be more creative than saying, oh, I fucked your mom or your right. wife or whatever. Yeah, and I feel like they'll give him a lot of free range in his promos because he cuts good promos. He does. And if he goes out there and does what he's supposed to do, if he do, if he follow Miz's blueprint, he'll be fine. Well, I mean, it's like what Nicole said. He's young. He's not like in his 30s or like mid to late 30s. He's barely 25 if he is 25. The thing is, he doesn't have to go in as MJF. He can just go as Maxwell Friedman. And that name's... Yeah. Like, what's another one? Um, I mean, they could... Private party. I could. They could go over there and have. Yes. We had um someone tweeted today, and they were talking about how oh, I don't know. Again, we were talking about uh, again AEW, and they were saying who could really benefit. Nara was saying how there's loads of people. Well, someone said there's at least thirty people right now in AEW that would benefit from being on NXT 2.0. And then I think I, I someone started naming stuff and I started naming people. I said Pen- Private Party, Penelope Ford, Kip Saban, um, yes. someone said Jade. Um, I think someone yep. said Jungle Boy. Um, they said yeah. Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty. Yeah. And this yep. is just off the rip. Like, if they can get those people and make little small changes to NXT 2.0, because they, they need to make a little bit, I think they really need to get out of that PC. They need to get out of the CWC. Yes. If they can make a little bit of changes and grab some of these guys, they can go back to being a show that has higher, because right now they're sitting in, like, if it's, like, a, a big-name show, like, tonight, it'll probably sit around 700,000, but they're sitting in between, like, the five 
500. They're beating Rampage, but they're sitting between like the 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 500, 600s, whatever. But if they make some small changes and grab some of these guys, and Hunter comes back and they let Hunter kind of do what he did before, they they would be good. Well, we're gonna end it here, and maybe we'll do another show about some things that NXT could change. A little maybe 30 minute, 45 minute show for that. There's not really a lot to talk about. We'll come back and do another show next week like we always do. This episode will be posted within the next couple of days. Um, I hope y'all understand where we're coming from and how this isn't an attack, it is a critique. And there is a difference. You have to understand that not everything is about glowing reviews and just blowing smoke up people's ass 24-7. If you ain't going to be real, then I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Let me say what I think is true, what I believe is real, and where things could be improved. No one wants AEW to go under. Even though we make our predictions, you hear Nicole say it all the time, Janae just said it, Alexis has said it, and so have I. Nobody wants the company to go under, but given the circumstances of the people who run it and the way that it's going, you can't help but think that. However, we wanted to succeed. So those wrestlers that are there have a place because we know everybody can't wrestle in WWE. We're aware of that. You have to improve and do better in order to be better. So with all that being said, y'all have a nice day, night, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, and we're signing off. Bye. 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 Bitches. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. I'm going to tell you right now, this episode was exhausting. It was so exhausting. But I do want you to understand that this was about two hours. And usually our podcasts are longer than this. However, this episode bared conversation. It really needed to happen, especially amongst us girls, us women more specifically. Because... It gave us an opportunity to really give our true grievances. I want people to really hear what we're saying and not focus so much on as it's an attack on Tony Khan because it isn't. I don't think that Tony Khan is racist and neither do uh, none of us here at Down for the Count believe that. But I do think he lacks the understanding of what Big Swole was saying. And, and what people are really missing is that she wasn't focusing on AEW as a whole, as a company, she was specifically going for the women's division. And then she brought up diversity because she wanted to see more of it. She never was attacking AEW. And I think that's where a lot of things are getting misconstrued. No one is destroying AEW because the very same thing that Swole is talking about in terms of her booking and how she felt like she could have provided so much more and helped more is the same thing that John Moxley was talking about when he left and the same thing that CM Punk was talking about when he left WWE. But it was much worse for them because they felt like they were not being given the opportunities they deserved. Yet Big Swole is saying the same thing but she's more advocating for the women's division as a whole rather than her own career. And people still found a way to demonize it and misconstrue it. And that's where the disconnect is coming in. That's where the problem is happening. 
People have to start listening. I know you hear me, but do you want to listen? And that's a very, very key point. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. And I really hope that you guys go and listen to Swole's podcast in its entirety because context is key. And in order for you to truly understand where she's coming from, you need to hear it from her and you need to hear exactly what she's saying verbatim. That way you can't make any mistakes. And if you didn't comprehend it from hearing it from her, and well, maybe you need a little bit more help in understanding how to listen and comprehend what you hear. With all that being said, make sure you guys follow us on our social media at Down for the Count 19 on Twitter and at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. We are always around, always trying to keep the info posted. And if you guys want to hear more and see more, don't worry, we got so much more coming for you on this episode of Down for the Count or the next episodes of Down for the Count. So we'll see you guys next time.